0: Welcome back to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm Emily, and this is a podcast about all things travel, be it food, what to pack for your next trip, or your next exotic destination. And with me on this dwindling day of summer is Kristen. Good morning. Good morning. morning. And good morning to Zen, too. (laughs)
1: Hey, good morning.
2: morning, I need more
1: coffee still.
2: i always need more coffee it doesn't um
0: i was gonna do some sort of segue about coffee into this episode but i don't (laughs) have enough coffee in me to think about it it's it's always a great segue when i say when you say (laughs) segue in it you know it always makes it better anyways last week we talked about some of the best college towns um where we visited where we want to visit and we found them everywhere in the u.s all the way from california to texas ohio and others and while they are college towns they also make for low-key vacation spots too so if you haven't listened to it yet go check it out
1: okay we'll wait you know
0: Yes, we'll be. Yeah, that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, kind of leaning into college town, kind of we were talking on that episode how picturing college towns is like we picture it in the fall season just cuz that's like getting back to school, going back to school season-ish. So, we're kind of moving in with that and we're going into the fall foods. Um, there's just something about shorter days and cooler weather that makes us hungry um for seasonally fall foods (laughs) so we thought it would be a great time to tell you about the various seasonal dishes from other countries that we've encountered or we want to try and we're going to try and stick to fall but as you know below the equator what we consider fall they encounter what we in north america would call spring weather so we'll try to keep an open mind
1: (laughs) that is true So we'll get back to that right after the commercial break, I guess. When you look back upon your life and you see all the things you achieved, certainly none of them started with inaction. And when you're planning for your next career journey, find us, the University of California, Irvine. We've over 80 convenient online certificates to help you navigate the future. And we're the perfect Sherpa for your next big adventure. Find us at ce.uci.edu. edu. Hey, we're back, and the first one I want to talk about is mooncakes. The best. So if you, I'm sorry.
2: I said the best, and what else says like yes. fall than like the mooncakes? I don't know.
1: You know what? I, you know, I was, like in Cal, you know what? When I was in Ohio, they used to have this um, pumpkin festival. And there's a city, I forget which city it was in Ohio, where they used to shut down the whole city and they would serve pumpkin foods. And they have pumpkin hamburgers and pumpkin ice cream and pumpkin. They used to make every year like a 10 foot pumpkin pie. Um, See, that might have
2: been crazier before pumpkin everything took over. Thanks to like pumpkin spice lattes. Like Now it's not weird to have pumpkin everything, but but back then it probably wasn't really like novel and cool right yeah, yeah this
1: was like 30 years ago too right. and 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 it could and that's when i went you know and and they would and it was a huge festival there was like pumpkin they would have like the uh what the they would have like um maybe a beauty pageant or something like that so they mm-hmm. pick the, the pumpkin, pumpkin queen yeah, whatever <laughs> or something like that but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to no, talk no. about mooncakes.
0: Mooncakes, mooncakes.
1: Okay, so so mooncakes are Asian things, and they are these little sweet cakes, and they're about eh, maybe about three inches by three inches, you know, and about an inch and a half tall. And what they are filled with is they take typically like a red bean, sometimes like a lotus, turn it into a paste add sugar it actually really really sweet and wonderful the flavors it's not like a um pinto bean or something like that um they bake a layer of cake on the outside and in the center typically is a um solidified i think sugared egg yolk Mm -hmm. in the middle and um and this is something that they would serve, and they're really delicious. The thing is that during the the season, it's one of those things that you bring together family, and then you cut up one of these mooncakes. It's a talking about. Um, it's almost like a Thanksgiving kind of thing where the family gets together, and then you give everyone in your family part of the mooncake. Um, and the mooncake is associated with a Chinese festival called the mid autumn festival um, and the mid autumn festival this year actually happens to be september twenty first um, by the time this podcast goes up it will already have happened um, and what it is celebrating is typically you hear the moon cake and you celebrate the moon um so do you guys know why they celebrate the moon kind of the story have you heard this story <laughs>
0: I don't know of a story. I just, I, I know it's, it follows the lunar calendar. And so it's always yeah. like a certain day of the certain month or something that is mid, is like the middle of autumn, I guess. And then.
1: Okay. Well, then right? then it's worth it for me to tell <laughs> okay. a story, right? Okay. Yes. On. Okay. Tell so, so the, the story is, there's a story about, it's a love story. Okay. So it's a mythical love story. This mythical love story in Chinese culture, Asian culture, I should say, because Vietnamese and um, other cultures celebrate it as well. It's linked to a legend of something, uh, a gentleman called Chang Yi and a a goddess. And um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Hu Yi, who was an archer, and his wife Chang Yi. And this archer was so legendary that the gods came down and they were so impressed with his skill set that they gave him a potion of immortality.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But Yi was so in love with his wife or girlfriend, I don't know at the time, Chang Yi, and he did not want to be immortal without her. Uh-huh. Okay. So he did not want to be separated from her. So he let. Ching Yi keep the the potion. Okay. However, there's a lot of people who knew about this the, the sacred potion. So one time um when Hu Yi went uh hunting, um these people tried to break in and steal the potion and um tried to get Chang Yi to give the potion to this person. And she refused and to prevent it from being stolen, she drank it and then she flew into the sky. And, um, so she, now she's immortal. And the thing is that since she loved her husband so much and wanted to be near him all the time, um, and of course they hunt at night, she chose to live on the moon and when the husband came back, um, he felt so sad that he used to leave fruits and moon cakes out in the yard as a homage to his wife, the moon in the sky. And so it became so legendary of a story that people um, felt for him and they celebrate or they participate um, in giving offerings to the moon with, with, um, Hu So that's where Mooncakes came from.
2: So I I did know kind of a version of that. I'm going to tell you that um, I was a voracious reader as a child and I read the Joy Luck Club. It was probably right around the time that Disney's Mulan came out and I was just obsessed with Chinese culture. Um, And the Joy Luck Club they do in the book, which is just fabulous, there is a whole section about a little girl in China in like the 20s or 30s, like celebrating uh, the mid-autumn festival and the mooncakes, And they like basically reenact that whole story. I didn't remember like those details. Um, and I remember like wanting so bad to like celebrate this and I made my own mooncakes. I had no idea what they were, but I decided that they were like, you know, those little like, shortcake sponge cakes. So They're like little circles in there, like have an indentation for like the strawberries <laughs> oh. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took one of those and I filled it with honey and then I put whipped cream on top and I decided that was a moon cake and I would make that <laughs> so so like cute. A <laughs> autumn festival. That's so cute. So I
1: got I gotta tell you the story is that being an Asian American, my parents came to the United States and the Asians who come to the United States, you got not, you have a huge cultural differences because it's not Western culture, you know, and food differences. And, you know, it's just relationship differences that, you know, first generation and um, the immigrants have a difficult time at first acclimating to becoming Americans. It's just learning a whole new culture yeah, and it creates. And then also what's typical in Asian culture is not very typical in Western culture. So growing up, my, you know, I have a different personality than my sister. My personality was kind of like, you know, it's just Asian. That's just like, just live with it. It's we're Asians. And it's just like, that's the answer to everything. And, you know, don't try to change things that you can't change. But my sister really, really had a hard time when she was younger acclimating. And then she rented joy luck club and she goes, this is why we're so freaking messed up. <laughs> it was cathartic to her when she yeah. read the book about the cultural differences, and it really helped her understand that you know it's a cultural problem you know and and the thing is it really helped her understand and 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 deal with it but anyways, that's yeah. my joy luck wow. club story. <laughs>
2: It is. So, it is such a powerful book about cultural differences and generational differences. Um, I can totally see why it like resonated with your sister.
1: Yeah, it, it's so oh. different, you know. And for me, I was just like, I'm as a guy, I was just like, ah, whatever. We're just Asian.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, I
1: I was able to just kind of brush it off. It's just like, yeah, we're just messed up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Deal with it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's the story of mooncakes. Um, and and what I was fascinated was, you know, Vietnamese culture, other cultures have picked up, uh, also participated. But like, I like the Vietnamese mooncakes because oh, they're favorite. shaped sometimes, like, um, sometimes apparently Vietnamese will shape them in like bunny rabbits and
0: Aww. pandas and stuff
1: like that, and they're cute. really cute. So yeah. I, I just like how cute the um the, the other culture, you know, some of them that are not. Uh, Chinese culture or Taiwanese culture specifically that I've encountered. I
0: think I need to eat a mooncake more like now. Because when growing up, I didn't really care for mooncakes. They were too sweet and too dense, I think, for me to really like them. So I haven't really had one since I was young. Uh, But a couple years ago, my cousins and aunt and uncle, they went to Vietnam and they came back and brought home obviously not traditional moon cakes, but it was like Oreo moon cakes. So that <laughs> was really what? good. Yeah. Like they, I guess they bought these or they make these new flavored, like more modern flavored moon cakes now in Vietnam. Well, maybe here too. P- but- a
1: pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> yeah,
0: <right>. uh- <laughs> exactly. But yeah, they brought back like a mini Oreo moon cake and that was really good. So I think I, I need to try like a traditional moon cake again and see if I still don't like it or if I like it now. Cause it is, it's, I mean, that's like the thing that you eat for the mid-autumn festival. Like that is yeah. the thing. <laughs> well, the the one thing about them is,
1: is that they, you know, they're dense, they're heavy. Um, it's strange. I used to, I, I eat the, used to eat them a lot. And then for some reason, like in mid-adulthood, like I started getting freaked out by the egg yolk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that was the thing too. It was the egg yolk that
0: I was like, why is there an egg yolk? In a pavement. Yeah. It's weird to me.
1: <laughs> you know, so like the, the egg yolk is the part that kind of like, I'll eat it. It's like, whoa, egg yolk. That seems so strange, you know? So, but I like the fact that, you know, the, when you go to China, it feels like that they're so stuck on culture, they're made the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And it's neat to see mm-hmm. the Vietnamese culture be willing to part with that. Now that you told me about the flavors, but not only that, you know the shapes that i've seen so anywho, who there you go mooncakes oh i got one other story um one of the fruits there's something like a green uh it's like a green chinese grapefruit hmm. and that is a typical fruit that you'll put out to the moon goddess and um there's also a, i thought this was a funny story is that essentially when they peel the um fruit if you if you're a kid you might put a little part of the peel on your head and walk around
0: oh my god i used to do that
1: <laughs> do you know what the is so the goddess will notice you
0: oh i thought it was just my parents being funny <laughs> oh,
1: maybe it is but it also wow. is that you're trying to um because Fruits are the you know you're this is what you're giving to the goddess. But if you wear the fruit on your head and you're moving around, the goddess might see you more more likely to see you because oh you see a moving fruit or something.
0: That's so wow. funny. Yeah, like they would peel the fruit and then yeah. in one like thing, and then they would yep. cut the peel and like put it on my head like a helmet.
1: <laughs> it could be also that your parents were being funny. That too, but, but
0: yeah, <laughs> there's that. It's nice to know the little historical tradition, maybe the story behind it.
1: Okay. Well, I've I've Thank done you. my thing.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I've sure. said way too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've learned... I mean, I didn't know that there was a whole story behind the Moon Festival, so it's very cool to hear. Okay. Um, funny story. I just wanted to share that all three of us actually were going to do the Moon Cake as our <laughs> fall <laughs> fall food. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: I insisted I wanted to do it. Yes. Yeah. So then...
0: Took it away, not in a bad way. We all agreed that he would start it, start us off. So, my um, second, I guess, runner up fall food that I came across. I've, so I've never had this, but it sounds delicious. It is from, it comes from Spain, and it's called huesos de santo, or in English, the saints' bones, or the bones of the saints. And this is a dessert that is eaten on All Saints Day, which is on November first. And um All Saints Day is when families gather and visit their loved ones' graves so they'll like have a picnic and just have a big old party to celebrate their loved ones. Um Coco, the Disney Pixar movie, is about All Saints Day. Um kind oh, of yes. like, you know, uh, preparing the ofrenda and like putting all the offerings out. So if you wanna like a really cute Disney movie about All Saints Day. Watch Coco because I cried the first time I watched it.
2: That's Um, a great film. It's great. It's beautiful, too, to look at. Oh, Oh my gosh.
0: The colors are amazing. Um, Music's great, too. Highly recommend from all three of us, clearly. Um, Mm -hmm. Going back to the fall food. So, All Saints Day is November 1st. I think they... based on all of my knowledge sorry is based on coco so um <laughs> <laughs> of all today. so that's what
1: all of our knowledge comes from is disney exactly. right
0: <laughs> yes exactly so it seems like in the movie they prepare things i don't know like days or weeks ahead of time but they actually bring um like set up the picnic and things like that on october 31st the night of what we call Halloween um, and then they'll spend like the night there or something like that and spend the next the whole next day November 1st there celebrating too. But going back to the bones of the Saints or the Saints bones, this is a it's so its looks like a little tube. it's probably two or three inches long, maybe like one inch in diameter. Um, the outside is this white um, it's mar- made out of marzipan. Um, so it's this white marzipan thing and it has ridges that kind of look like bones. And then on the inside it's hollowed. And then on the inside, they fill it with, um, egg yolk and sugar, like a mixture of egg yolk and sugar. So it's like a yellow inner part, um, and a white outer part. And the yellow part is supposed to be like the bone marrow. Um, and then the outside is the bone. So it's kind of just like a little, it's a cute treat kind of you know for the 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 holiday it makes sense they're bones you're celebrating your loved ones at the grave um but i just love marzipan and it just looks like such a simple um dessert i guess
2: i feel like marzipan is a very dividing flavor like i think you love it or you it. oh am i crazy i don't know what's your stance what's your stance don't like oh really interesting but that's just me okay maybe that's not as controversial as i thought (laughs) it's just me and you Kristen. (laughs) yeah um
0: so marzipan if you do not know is made of almond um like ground up almonds and flour yeah yeah almond flour and sugar i personally it just tastes sweet to me i don't really know if there's like an almond flavor necessarily but It's like a different kind of sweet. Maybe that's why Kristen doesn't like it. It's like a weird sweet. Um, But doing a little history lesson for you, because I wanted to know if they've documented kind of like how this dessert started, because it looks... I mean, if you look at it and you didn't know it was called uh, like the Saint's Bones, it would just look like a regular... It's like a yellow-filled pastry dessert thing. But the fact that it's called like the Saint's Bones, I was like, ooh... Who created this to eat bones?
2: Um, there's but, like nothing bony so, about it, right? <laughs> no, there's no like, bones in it.
0: It's, it's like all a sugar.
1: cannoli. It's like <laughs> yeah. if they called cannolis the same bones, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. a little bit of, oh, I guess, me. history of what they think is. They think that these sweets started back or was started created back in the 17th century, Um and they think it kind of coincided with almond season cuz i guess almond seasons in the fall and so there was like a monk or someone who was like i'm i'm going to take advantage of all these almonds and then just like make a dessert and it's it's happened that it was like all saints day um and bones i don't know he just there's not really a cool story with it, <clears throat> but from what I've read it's because they had an excess amount of almonds. <laughs> okay, that's like, like how the they introduced
1: <laughs> That's how they introduced uh, salmon to uh Japanese sushi too. Mm. Is that actually Japanese don't eat salmon as sushi? but some scandinavian country had a huge glut of salmon one year and then they taught they actually had a campaign to teach americans and the uh japanese to eat salmon and Mm -hmm. it over like a period of 15 years they were able to teach the culture because salmon has uh, parasites in them and if you don't do the right things, you'll, there's like worms and stuff like oh that. My. And so that's why Japanese only cook salmon typically. And this, I forget which Scandinavian country introduced it, but it took them like 15 to 20 years to change people's minds
2: wow. about wow. eating
1: salmon. And it's really recent too. So anyways, but yeah, it's it's sometimes cultural necessity or necessity of whatever requires makes changes in culture so long story sorry
2: <laughs> no i appreciated that so mine what's funny is i love this food i i did not realize it was a traditional like fall autumn food um but ironically i would only eat it in the fall so <laughs> i guess <laughs> I do. but the greek dish moussaka Ooh, um, yes, which I just love. So it's it's baked meat and eggplant, kind of like a casserole, um, with bechamel sauce. Um, and basically, when I was in New York, there are a lot of Greek diners. So that's like one of the kind of the stereotypes is like you know you would always see like the the coffee cups, like the blue and white coffee cups that people would have. If you watch the movies, you'll probably start to notice it. But um, I loved moussaka. And it's, it's like a hot meaty dish. That's really good. So I used to love like on a rainy cold days getting that. And now I like when I learned it was an autumn food, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. I get it now. (laughs) Really hot, very like comfort food. Um, And it's like, it's a pretty well known Greek dish. Um, And what's funny is the origins of it are actually, they think it was introduced to Greece by Arabs so that it was originally like an Arabic dish. Um, But Greece has since kind of like, I don't know if you want to say like perfected it or made it their own. And now it's kind of like a Greek export. Hmm. Um, Yeah. But there's a variant of it from the Levant called Musakan. And I think they say that um, it was the Arabs that introduced the eggplant to Greece. Um, And they say like, yeah, that's like what I'm reading about. Um, But very traditional Greek food um, that um, is delicious in the autumn because it's all warm and hearty. So I don't know if we have a lot of Greek places out here, like um, on the West Coast. I feel like the Greek places are like, Daphne's, where you just get like gyros, <laughs> real <spotting. day>. yeah. <coughs> yeah.
1: yeah. generic Medi- Mediterranean food.
2: Right, right, exactly. Um, but if you find a place where you can find moussaka on like a cold, rainy day, it is perfection. <laughs> so that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> I like it.
0: Yeah, have you guys yeah. ever had it before? I have. I think I had it in Greece yeah. actually. It's like, oh, it was
2: really good, yeah. I never had a, a a like a Greek version in Greece. I should say.
1: <laughs> actually, if you have a chance in Irvine, there is actually a Greek church on Alton, and okay. typically every summer they have a Greek festival. Yes, yeah, I've serve. seen that.
2: Mm-hmm. I've seen
1: that. You've seen it, or you've said that? I'm sorry. Did I miss?
2: Sorry, I, I saw I saw that oh, okay. that Greek festival before, and I wanted to go to it, and I did not.
1: <laughs> and it's open to the public, and you can go in and just eat your heart out. And they uh-huh. have some of the you know span of capitas and all sorts of things. I'm not sure if I've tried moussaka there, but I really enjoy going there and just trying out all the foods. And <clears throat> somehow every year they seem to be able to get the costumes from my group big. That Greek wedding,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they get all the costumes, and they 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 must know somebody. They know someone who knows somebody, and they they you know actually have all the costumes on display, and wow. you know, everyone dresses up. And it, it's totally worth it to go visit and learn a little bit about the culture.
2: That's so Dude, fun. Nia Vardalos has done so much for Greek culture in America. <laughs> Having that movie and like making it everybody's introduction to Greek culture. And Windex. Yeah, yeah, and the Windex. Oh, you know that actor just died, like, this week. No. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name, but he just recently died. That's a shame. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I guess you would say, well, so far with what we've introduced, it hasn't been. But I feel like with Fall Foods, you're going to get a lot of hearty warm dishes and things like the comfort food as like the season's change is the best part obviously (laughs) so a lot of
0: spices too
2: yes definitely bringing out the internal heat
0: exactly very exciting
2: Um, um did we it's zen's turn again do you not have another one
1: i think i've talked too much that's that's the only oh. real thing i said and i had did i other than you know the pumpkin festival which i talked almost, almost too much about already
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine um i will i had a second one just in case i'll share because it has like a one of the fall ingredients we just talked about like it's, it's like the hearty niche it's so it's which i've never had but it looks good it's a peruvian dessert that's made of squash and sweet potato um and it's a donut sorry i don't know if i said that it's a squash and sweet potato donut that uh you then like just cover with syrup and just eat i guess um (laughs) so super yeah super yummy um it is so i mean they have this year round but especially during october is the month of miracles, or or the purple month also. Um, So that's when they celebrate Peru's holy patron. Um, And I'm not too sure if the color purple is has to do with their patron, or I'm gonna say I think it is it purple and Lord of Miracles came up together a lot when I was looking this up. So I think those two are, you know, they, they come together. Um, and so during October they vendors will make picaronis, but they will, um, make them purple. So you'll hmm. have like tons of just purple donuts, um, uh, like at street fairs or festivals and things like that. And then I thought it was funny because also when I was looking into this dessert, um, one thing that came up that with like, every article was like all the vendors that make and sell picarones wear white they're always dressed in white in an apron and a cap like i guess they all look the same they all wear that and these are like this like these women are specialty picaronis makers and sellers so i guess if you see a woman in a specific white dress and cap with a cart you know that's where the picaronis are
2: noted <laughs> that is good to know you know i was thinking too like I lived in France for a whole year. Like what did, what did they have in the fall? Um, and I don't remember. Anything. <laughs> um, we were also kids who just like hung out at each other's houses and, um, went to the same old faithful restaurants or whatever, but I was looking it up and the French, it seems in the fall, they're really big into chestnut. So roasted chestnut and oh, incorporating yeah. chestnut into different dishes. And I, everything that they mentioned, I was like, I don't think I tried that at all. I don't remember. any. of this. <laughs> um, can't speak to it personally, but I know that was another like fall. Um, food foreign fall food, but I have nothing to say about it. So. That's not helpful. (laughs) There you go. Have you ever had chestnut
0: in general? Like not in France, but just in general. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, even here
2: we do the whole roasted chestnut at uh, wintertime, but I don't know who actually does that.
1: (laughs) I I do. Oh, you do. (laughs) We're used to. Well, actually, in Ohio, it's one of those things where uh, it's cold there, Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of a typical. Can be more typical, and you just. I'll give you a secret. You can roast them, but what's better is you make if you can the 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 shells are very thin, right? And kind of pliable. If you can make a very soft, small slit in it, throw them into, into the nuker. Throw them into the microwave.
0: I was like, what and is throw a nuker? Them that way.
1: Yeah. And and they're actually better than roasted chestnuts because oh. when you roast a chestnut, the they actually dry out but if you act, if you stick them in the microwave they stay really really moist I and once know. you make that little slit and um the slit actually kind of cracks open while it's cooking mm-hmm. and so it makes it easier to open up so i used to eat a lot of chestnuts when i was a kid but have you ever had um the equivalent of asian chestnuts
2: i'm going to say you no know? because i'm not it doesn't sound familiar to me maybe i have so-
1: So if you go to an Asian market, like a Japanese market, they have chestnuts that are, I don't know if they're truly chestnuts, but they're, they taste the same. And they're a little bit smaller than your American chestnut. And what they'll do is you'll see like a vendor and, you know, like a rolling cart kind of vendor Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they'll have a rolling cart and the whole cart is filled with black. It looks like aquarium, rocks and <laughs> gravel. what yeah like gravel yeah exactly mm-hmm. and what they'll do is they'll actually um there's like a bunsen burner or something underneath there, heating up all the rocks and then they'll take all the chestnuts and they'll bury them into the rocks to be roasted Whoa. so it evenly roasts all around and then they'll take like a like a like a sieve or something like that and then pull out all the chestnuts and they're cooked that way Wow. Um, and i've actually in asia have also had uh yams cooked that way as mm, well
0: yeah that's yummy
1: so have you had so the thing is you you know one time it was like in taiwan and we're driving around and it's like
0: yam truck
1: and you like stop and there's this guy who's got this cart and he's and, and the thing is like you want a yam and the thing is that the yams will be like you could be bright purple on the inside or whatever and and the thing is that they'll kind of get tongs and they'll dig it out of the uh, the gravel and then the thing is they give it to you and it almost like you're holding like a i don't know geez something like a corn dog or something like that wrapped up in a towel or something like oh, that yeah. and you can peel off yeah and then you just peel off the skin throw it onto the grass and then you just eat the purple yam and they're delicious they're sweet and they're like a there's like a sweet yam of some sort
0: oh yeah super yummy my mom doesn't we don't do that but we'll like bake or not i don't know if we bake it but we put it into our toaster oven and do something of the equivalent She'll like wrap it in foil and yeah it's Mm. super yummy super sweet um i don't think i've ever had chestnuts just like as a chestnut i've had a chestnut cake (laughs) oh which was interesting uh, yeah. So I don't really know. I'm assuming it t- a chestnut cake tastes like chestnut. I d- I've never had a chestnut, like I said. So, but the cake itself was pretty delightful. It was. It wasn't too sweet, but it was like pretty light and just just didn't have a very distinctive taste. Mm-hmm. But it was like a sweet cake that wasn't too sweet.
1: Well, if you, you want to try an... chestnuts. oh, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No,
0: just, I mean, my brother picked it up from an an Asian bakery. That was all I wanted to add. <laughs> Oh,
1: cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to try chestnuts the um, Japanese way in Southern California, and I'm certain they're they're I think they're in Hawaii as well. There's a grocery store chain called mm-hmm.
2: and oh, on yes. the
1: weekends. Sometimes they yeah. have like a, a fair and typically one of the vendors will come out with one of those carts filled with uh heated gravel and they'll sell uh, chestnuts in small bags.
0: Oh so, yeah. I and
1: they, that. And they even have, like, a special, like, spork, little tiny spork kind of thing (laughs) to cut open the chestnuts and get them out, extract them. It's super cool. It's like a specialized tool. It's like, where did you get these things? Yeah.
2: Well, you guys, we haven't talked about the one food around, I won't say around the world, but in the U.S., that marks fall like nothing else. Which is... I won't say food. I'll say flavor edible. <laughs> <laughs> the pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and We even go beyond that. Sometimes we find about the pumpkin spice. It's just about the cup. When that red cup oh comes my gosh. out, you know, it's fall. Yes. <laughs> it's the
0: holiday season. <laughs> yes. And they keep bringing it wow. out like sooner and sooner. I think this year it was like they brought it out August or like really early September or something.
1: No, it's already out?
0: The pumpkin spice latte. I don't know if it was like the Red Cups, but at least like the pumpkin spice latte, they brought it out like really early.
2: Okay. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they do that. But I mean, I'm I don't like pumpkin spice lattes, but there is something comforting about that first one and just being like (laughs) it's fall and I have like just a celebratory one, and then I'll never have it again. <laughs> yeah, I
0: usually just have one, maybe two, like a year, just because exactly what you said. <laughs> just for like. But it's
2: funny because they yeah. have other really great holiday flavors, but mm-hmm. it's like that pumpkin spice is just ingrained in our culture now, and I don't even know why. Uh, does anyone know oh the history God. of pumpkin spice? I watching? don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exactly.
1: Starbucks.
2: For sure, you know, I- <laughs> Yeah. They're the reason that pumpkin integrated into everything in the mainstream, I think.
0: Oh yeah. Like Trader Joe's pumpkin everything.
2: Oh I love their pumpkin mix for like um pumpkin pancakes.
0: Oh my gosh, I have that. Yes. I can't wait to use yes. that for the season. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: what it is. It's what? the pumpkin farmers marketing association of, Amer- of America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there, there's a bunch of marketers out there. It's like we need to sell more pumpkin. How can we sell more pumpkin? Right. And, yeah. and, and they and they they put them all in a room for a weekend, and, and they gave them like you know markers, pens, and like lots of coffee because that's what marketers need. And they said, "Don't come out until you have a good idea." And then one guy walked out you know, it's like drinking his coffee and then he's looking at the pumpkins. He's looking at his coffee (laughs) and then there was a a pumpkin spice latte. It's like done.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The scary part. It's probably true.
2: (laughs) Well, here's something I found. The Starbucks employee credited with bringing the idea of pumpkin spice latte to the company is Peter Dukes, Then the director of espresso whose team created other seasonal drinks like the eggnog latte and peppermint mocha. Fun fact, in the course of developing the PSL, the Starbucks (laughs) development team poured espresso shots on top of pumpkin pies, tasting different combinations to determine the best ratio of cinnamon and nutmeg to coffee and steamed milk. But it wasn't until 2015 that Starbucks started including real pumpkin in the drink. I didn't know that.
0: How do they include real pumpkin in the drink?
2: Uh, You're asking too many questions now. I'm I'm just reading this article.
1: It could be just... Well, you know what? um, Like when you make a pumpkin pie, I believe it's actually... It's not the guts. It's the rind.
0: Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Yes.
1: Yeah, so maybe they just take the pumpkin grind it up and put sprinkle it and in dry there. it and sprinkle it in there <laughs>
2: oh listen to this the pumpkin spice latte debuted in only 100 starbucks stores in vancouver canada and washington dc and it's now available as a seasonal menu item around the world and has become starbucks most popular seasonal beverage of all time oh,
0: wow. since
2: 2003 wow. Starbucks has sold more than 424 million pumpkin spice lattes in the U.S. alone. Wow! And this article mm-hmm. is from oh 2021. This was just August, so that's that number is up to date. I think that's incredible. Um, yeah, I don't know if we should be proud or ashamed. of our
0: I mean, I'm looking at this picture that kind of just shows just a handful of pumpkin, like pumpkin spice flavored items. There's a spam, limited edition pumpkin spice. Like, spam. You could buy spam. The
2: pumpkin oh, spice flavored. Yeah, it's invaded everything. Yes. What's the next trend going to be when this is all done? Is it going to be all done? I don't know. I don't know. Probably never.
0: It's wow. been like, well, we should have named this the
2: history of PSL. PSL.
0: Um, I mean, it's history just... Of PSL. I need to get... Like, I always get the pumpkin spice latte. I get it iced or hot. I'll like switch between those two, but they have a cold brew now.
2: It's a pumpkin oh spice my cold gosh. brew. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I want to try that. Covering all their bases. Seriously.
1: I'd like my coffee to taste like coffee. Thank you very much.
2: Well, you're no fun. You can get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,. There you go. Those there are... you go. All of our fall things. You know, yeah. All I'm excited for amazing. fall and cozy. Me too. It's my favorite season. Me too. Just a, yeah, October to like January, December. This is the holidays and it gets cold. Too.
2: January's like a hangover. It's always so sad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well good thing we're not there yet a couple months till january was not even into october yet so we got some time for all the foods and all the drinks all the psls all right Uh, well thank you for tuning into our favorite seasonal dishes and history on pumpkin spice lattes we hope that you guys had as much fun as we did let us know what you thought contact us on our social media channels where you can find photos of our adventures from around the world, interesting articles, and more.
2: Also, if you're newer to our podcast, check out some of our older ones on Cuba, London, and of course, France, just to name a few.
1: Meet us in Paris is a University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education Production. If you need a career boost, looking to increase your workplace knowledge, or seeking a new profession, check them out at ce.uci.edu for the professional courses and thanks again for tuning in
2: bye bye bye, bye. bye.